Welcome to College Talk. It's your host, me, Beth Brandon. Um, I'm super excited. I'm here with Danielle, and we're going to talk about, um, well, I didn't create a title for this. We're going to talk about um, healthy relationships and uh, ways to make sure that you're staying safe and healthy as you're starting to connect with new people uh, once you get into college. So I'm going to let Danielle introduce themselves. Hi everyone, my name is Danielle Snow. I use they, them pronouns. I am the Sexual Assault Prevention Education Coordinator on Western Michigan University's campus. So what that means is I run Fireplace Resource and Support Center and I also run FIRE Sexual Assault Peer Educators. FIRE standing for Fighting Ignorance and Rape Through Education. Um, So basically what we're going to be talking about today is part of my whole job. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you come to this position? So I um, have been attending Western Michigan University as a student for around five years. Go Broncos. (laughs) (laughs) Strike gold. (laughs) All of the new sayings that they have. I went West. I don't even know all of them anymore. I think uh, the the football one's Let's Ride, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm trying to remember it wasn't. Doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) Grab the reins. That's what it was. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I've been a Bronco for a hot minute. Um, and it was actually my first year, second semester that I attended my first take back the night event at Western Michigan university. Um, and that event is really what, um, I guess like struck, um, my passion for prevention in terms of sexual violence and intimate partner violence. Um, so ever since then I have been, Um, both fascinated and also sort of disgusted um, Mm -hmm. by all of the both beauty and pain that can happen in these conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was a sociology and gender women's studies major in undergrad, so I double majored. And then after which I applied for the position of sexual assault prevention education coordinator. Um, I had been involved in FIRES work for uh, two years, I think, before then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually an intern and a student coordinator there. Um, and then I applied for the job, and here I am a year later. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, we, we just had a conversation about this, and I really appreciate your guidance. Because this is definitely a more sensitive topic than I think we've talked about before on the podcast, we're going to start out um by listing some resources and again i appreciate this danielle was like let me know it's okay to take a break when you're listening to this um and and definitely feel free we're going to list these resources um in the description as well and so if you need a number or a website um it'll be right there for you to click uh just in that more in the description button yeah so i didn't want to be overwhelming with resources because sometimes that's how it can be when trying to find what's useful or trying to find information. So I just have four for us today. Um, Two of them are national and then two of them are more Kalamazoo and Western local. So the first one is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So it provides a ton of different services via phone call, text, or online chat um, with access to over 200 different languages. So it can help make referrals to local or state resources. They can help create a safety plan help with crisis intervention, 
um, provide information about domestic violence, and they can help victims or survivors, friends, family members, and even people who think that they may be committing abuse towards their partner or partners. So you can verbally talk to someone on the phone by calling 1-800-799-7233, and that's a 24-7 hotline. They also have a TTY number that can be reached at 1-800-799-3224. Um, and then the, you can also chat with someone on their website. So you can use that with a computer or a tablet. Um, the chat is not 24 hours. It is every single day, but it's from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. So anyone, no matter their identity, can get a hold of this hotline or this chat. Um, no matter what identity they have, um, they're supporting all folks. And then there's also another national um, resource. So this is Love is Respect. And this is also through the National Domestic Violence Hotline. However, this is geared more towards teens or young adults. Um, so they help anyone ages between 12 and 24. Um, and so they also have hotlines. The number is different. So it's 1-866-331-9474. Again, that one's also 24-7. Their TTY number is 1-866-331-8453. You can also text on this one. So you just text love is one word to 22522. And then they also have a similar chat where you go to the website and you can chat on a computer or tablet. Um, then for more local resources, local being Kalamazoo or Western Michigan University, there's the YWCA of Kalamazoo. Um, so I actually called them today to talk about their like sort of age and services. Mm -hmm. um, and I was told that anyone, no matter their age, um, and like specifically talking about high school students can access their services. Great. Um, the two things that they wanted me to make sure to mention is mm -hmm. first, that their services are always free. So if finances maybe have been a barrier before or are a barrier currently, mm -hmm. the YWCA wants you to know that you'll receive help from them no matter what. The second thing is that their crisis hotline is 24-7. So you can call 269-385-3587 at any time on any day to get information and to get support from the YWCA. And um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. YWCA, like I know there's one in in Grand Rapids, so there mm -hmm. it's not just in Kalamazoo. So maybe if you're going to college right. at GVSU or something like that, they're they're maybe not offer the full exact same services as Kalamazoo, but maybe they can connect you to someone else. Totally. So yeah, the YWCA is a national organization, um, and so each more local organization itself, or like local building, or or whatever the phrasing would be. Um, gears their services towards what the community needs. So Kalamazoo YWCA resources include sexual violence, domestic violence, child care, anti-human trafficking, and anti-racism work. And that's super great for Kalamazoo. That's what we need, whereas other communities might need something different or might not need the same things as us. But they're still really great resources in trying to find services, no matter where you're located. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to mention, again, the place that I work at, Fireplace. So it's a resource and support center located up in Syndicuse Health Center. You can come up any time that Syndicuse is open, and we can help with referrals, with getting information. And we also have a healing art program where you can just do some great art projects um, to de-stress. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then 
you might not know any like the names of them, but I, I would hope that other colleges and universities have programs uh, similar, if not um, within the same realm of, of health and services. I would just say that's a pretty... I would say so. Most colleges and universities have some sort of counseling. So on Western's campus, we have free counseling to WME students. I know at um, Grand Valley, they have their women and gender center that people can go to, and they have Mm -hmm. um, victim advocates there. Um, CMU has a sexual violence prevention programming. Um, So I think it just, it takes a little bit of research and finding out, but um, I can almost guarantee that at least one thing will be there. Great. Thank you. All right. So um, let's talk about the word relationship. Um, I think the focus on it usually kind of, I feel like refers to like a romantic relationship, but like, I think it spans like right now in us talking, we have the relationship between podcast host and podcast guest. Yes. Um, and, and so can we just kind of talk about what that word means in a more broad sense than just like partner? Yes. Um, so I actually looked up the definition mm-hmm. because I wasn't really sure what would be said about it. Mm. Um, so Google's dictionary Ooh. defines relationship as the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. Mm. And I actually really like that definition. Yeah. I thought it was like actually pretty solid and mm-hmm. much better than I had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> um, And I think that's for a multitude of reasons. So I like that, or I really love, actually, um, that it's not just focused on humans. Mm -hmm. So it mentions concepts, objects, and people. Um, And I really appreciate that because we can have relationships with our pets, Mm -hmm. um, with our TV shows, Mm -hmm. or with our religion or beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So we can have all of these different relationships And those relationships are going to affect all of our relationships in one way or another. Um, So I thought that was really useful. I also really liked um, that it said two or more because I thought it was really useful to recognize that we have a multitude of different relationships Mm -hmm. in not only the forms, but the actual like quantity of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that's especially useful when considering romantic relationships because so many people think of them as one partner and one partner and that's really it when Mm -hmm. there's relationships can be polyamorous and open and have a multitude of different people within Mm -hmm. them definitely so i really love that and then the last part that i really loved was that it was focused on a vague connectedness um connectedness so there wasn't a specific mention of what form of connected whether it's family or friendship or romantic Mm -hmm. as long as there's connection it's a relationship Mm -hmm. and so i i see that as being intentionally vague um, because my version of friendship includes hugging and hand holding Okay, all right. Wow. Love that. Doesn't necessarily include engines, but maybe. (laughs) Um, But it also includes sometimes saying that I'm in love with this person, and that's my friendship, whereas somebody else's friendship might be, hey, like, good job, high five, here we go. And those are both very valid forms of connection. Absolutely. And so having this vague word feels intentional and feels useful for validating all forms Mm -hmm. definitely and and i i love that you said that you know like both are important um 
and then I think that that leads to that, I guess, in my mind, the idea of like balance and making sure that um, if there's a relationship that you want to keep going and it's it's with a friend and maybe you're moving away from them, looking at that as like, if this is something that you wanted, you, you have to work for it. Um, and so that relationship is just as important as this one you've created here or whatever. And, and so you have to kind of figure out where they sit on that list for your yourself. Yeah, totally. Um I think that there has to be balance no matter the form of relationship mm-hmm. um, because without it, something you, it, I mean, it kind of, it creates what we're going to be talking about today, that unhealthiness. Mm-hmm. So there has to be balance in order for it to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and unhealthiness can happen in any of our relationships, which I think is important to recognize. Definitely. Um, so that is the perfect segue. Um, <laughs> the next question is healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. Uh, how can students start to understand the difference between the two? Yeah. Um, so before I talk about all the things that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. I just want to say that we will be mentioning a ton of different characteristics and a ton of different behaviors this is not going to be an exhaustive list. Mm. Um, And what we talk about is not going to apply to every single situation. Mm -hmm. So if you find some useful stuff in this, that's great. If you don't, please note that other resources might um, and that you're not a weirdo or anything like that. Just because you experienced something that we didn't talk about, you're super valid in in whatever is going on. Yeah, yeah. If you're feeling uncomfortable. (laughs) Exactly respect that that that's what you're feeling and 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 find help if you need yeah and just understand that you're entirely valid Mm -hmm. um so when thinking about how to understand the difference between the two i think the first thing to talk about is boundaries Mm. um because that really sets a relationship up to be healthy or unhealthy if we don't know what our friend or our partner or even our family member's boundary is, Mm -hmm. or if we don't know our own, there is a large risk for experiencing hurt or pain or uncomfortability. So I think that's the first place to start in thinking about any sort of relationship is, you know, what are my boundaries and what is this other person or these other people's boundaries? Mm -hmm. Is there a physical boundary? Is there emotional boundary? Does there have to be either of them? Um, And if there does, what are they? And how do you communicate that to a person? And how do you allow another person to communicate that and truly listen to them? So I think that's kind of the first place is just to think, have we ever even talked about boundaries? Yeah. Um, After that point, I think we can kind of think of relationships sort of on a spectrum from healthy to unhealthy to abusive. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So with healthy relationships, we see communication um, where people are talking openly and honestly, where there's respect and trust and honesty, Mm -hmm. um, and where there's also equality too. So not necessarily seeing one person or multiple people as better than someone else, um, but just recognizing that we all bring something to this table or to this plate um, and that it's super great and super wonderful. Mm-hmm. So then some things that can kind of be seen as unhealthy or that can lead into an unhealthy relationship um, 
can include all the things that I just talked about in the healthy sort of side, but sort of shifts it. So with communication, instead of being open and honest and talking about problems, maybe communication isn't even happening. Maybe we're just holding in the issues that we're seeing, or maybe we don't want to talk about things with our partner or our partners because we're afraid to, because maybe they get really mad, right? So that might be some unhealthy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, other unhealthy things include just disrespect. So not respecting our partners or not having our partners respect us or our friends, right? Um, if there's not some sort of understanding that we are all humans and that we all are great and make mistakes too, that can lead to some unhealthiness or be unhealthy in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, not trusting as well. So I think that that can be a big one um, that isn't even necessarily just influenced by the relationship, but we can, can be influenced by past relationships. Um, and so this is where some past trauma might come in and that we can recognize, you know, am I not trusting someone because they've done something or am I not trusting someone because this is coping? And how do I balance that in this relationship now? With equality, um, how I mentioned that in the healthy relationship side, an unhealthy relationship will exhibit some sort of control. So if somebody is trying to control another person, whether that's saying, hey, you can't see that person or you can't be friends with that person or you need to tell me before you go out, right? All of these different ways of Mm. determining what a person can or can't do and really taking their decision-making skills away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see it go into abuse um, when communication becomes much more threatening or hurtful. So if it's not just a lack of communication, but the communications are now insults or are things that are known to hurt in whatever way. Um, there's also mistreatment in abuse. So this is where another, um, another spot where a lack of respect can sometimes shine through. So if a person is, um, purposefully damaging somebody's items or damaging their projects that they're working on Mm. or anything that showcases their disrespect, but is, at a more extreme level, we can see it as that abuse or that that manipulation that can we sometimes hear about or that sometimes we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a multitude of different forms of abuse too. So there's physical, emotional, sexual, financial, cyber, all of these different ways and even more than what I've just listed. Um, so I think the best way to understand the differences in them is to recognize if we are truly happy in a relationship or in a friendship um if we are getting joy out of seeing a person or if a person's getting joy out of seeing us or people um if there is that trust there if we can communicate with them and if we have that balance that we talked about earlier too definitely and i i appreciate that you said friendship in there multiple times because i know that's one thing um if if so you're going to college across the state from where you, you know, grew up maybe and, and the, the people that you went to high school with or the people you went to elementary school with and all of a sudden you're surrounded by new people and, and, and you want to create friendships, absolutely. Um, 
and then maybe you do and you're like yeah if you're not feeling happy um knowing that it's okay to to move on um if it's something you need to do um I think there is definitely a lot of focus and rightly so in terms of romantic relationships um being unhealthy or abusive but I think the same can go for friendships and um I think it's it's absolutely okay and just as important to kind of recognize that that can can also be an unhealthy relationship that can be uh damaging and and dangerous yeah yeah i would super agree with that i think we can especially see that that first year when things are very confusing and very tough and sometimes really weird um (laughs) and i think we've kind of normalized the idea of like the jealous best friend Mm -hmm. um who is like oh who's that person that you're hanging out with who are those instagram photos of and while i think that a little bit of jealousy isn't necessarily unhealthy Mm -hmm. i think that we've normalized unhealthy jealousy when it comes to friendships and moving on from them um I don't think that it's necessarily an okay or a normal thing for a friend to be checking your Instagram page to see who you're hanging out with now. Or if you have your location turned on with your friend, I think that that can be um, a pretty, I don't want to say dangerous, but sometimes dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be really useful too, right? So if we're going out on a new date or something and we want to share locations with our friend to make sure that our friend knows where we are that's super useful but Mm -hmm. sometimes it can become really unhealthy when a friend is always checking well where are they are they home can I go see them um are they on their way to my house now or or whatever else the situation might be Mm -hmm. especially like I think on iPhones there's like the find friends or find my friends thing yeah yeah there is um I I remember, and this is from when I was a GA at Western, my uh, students um, were like, uh, uh, they had the find my friend thing, and they're like, oh, we can see you. And I was like, oh, show me where that is. And then I turned it <laughs> off because I was like, I don't want you guys to know where I am. Right. Um, and, uh, and, 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 uh, but yeah, like I didn't even realize up until that point that that, w- that just like is in your iPhone. Like just comes with it. Yeah. Um, and I, that is, is, um, I didn't even think about that as being like unhealthy behavior, like just constantly like trying to know where they are. And then, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the word that comes to my mind with that is like dependent or dependence. And I guess my, my thought of a healthy relationship has always been like two separate entities that like complement. Right. Um, and then, so that dependence thing, I think would that fall under, and I guess this is a question, would it fall under, unhealthy or abusive or both depending on where it could be i feel like it could be both depending on on the the level that it's being experienced Mm -hmm. so i think that sometimes there's just sort of a dependence that (coughs) comes with um developing friendships or developing any sort of relationship that Mm -hmm. you might start depending on them for inside jokes and for laughter and Mm. and you might turn to them and need them to support you through some tough times right that's Mm -hmm. a very healthy and great way of having a friendship when it becomes unhealthy we see it where it's almost like a need like Mm -hmm. i need to see my friend today or i need to see them every single tuesday because that's what we've decided um which is not true i mean people can decide to change plans and we'll kind of talk about that later with consent too yeah um and then it can become incredibly abusive if we 
are forcing somebody to be dependent upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's emotionally or financially or any other such thing. Um, or on sort of a flip side of it, if we are making somebody feel obligated to allow our dependence of them. So if I am um, best friends with someone and I'm really, um, I don't know, depending on them coming over on a Tuesday, we've done this for six years or something like that. Tuesday nights are our best friend nights Mm -hmm. and they decide not to one night. I have no right to make them feel bad for no longer coming over that Tuesday night for that one week Mm -hmm. because that's just what they need to do. If I'm depending on that, there might be something that I need to sort of check. Why am I so dependent on this Tuesday night? Why can't it switch to a Thursday or maybe take a break for one week Mm -hmm. or whatever might happen? So we should never make somebody feel obligated to us. And I think that's where it can become unhealthy and abusive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I plan on this podcast happening in, in two parts just because I think there's a lot of information to cover. And so I'm going to ask you this next question and then um, I'm going to release them at the same time. Um, so it'll be the, <laughs> like, I'm not going to do like, you have to wait until next week. Ooh, no. Teaser. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and so they'll be released on the same day. But um, just, you know, I guess it's two part. Um, uh, it's a podcast. So we're going to end with the next question is, um, what are some of the most important things that you want students to know when they have come or are thinking of uh, seeking help? So there are two incredibly important phrases that are very well known in circles that talk about domestic or dating violence or sexual violence. Um, And they're known as the two most important things to say to someone who's experienced any form of violence. Mm -hmm. And these phrases are, I believe you, and it is not your fault. Mm -hmm. And I really want whoever is listening to this to think about those phrases. And if you need to sit with those phrases, please sit with them. I believe you, and it is not your fault. Um, No matter what, no one asks to be hurt or to experience violence, or to feel any of the emotions that are caused because of some sort of abuse or unhealthiness. And so if anyone has ever experienced that, those are the two phrases that I always go to first, because those are the ones that the media, I think especially, says the reverse of. And so... That's, I guess, where they come from and and why I feel so connected to them because those are just important to hear when no one, sometimes it feels like no one is saying them. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, I also want to mention that it's always up to you to decide what resources you want to utilize. With this, I recognize that there might be a ton of barriers that prevent us from accessing resources, right? So... If we have a disability that prevents us from going to a location, Mm -hmm. that can be a very real barrier. If we are um, a member of the LGBTQ community um, and the only resources we can find are heterosis normative, that can be really damaging, right? So I recognize these barriers and I don't want it to seem like I'm saying like, oh yes, all of the resources are available and Mm -hmm. here you go, Um, because that's not always the case. 
what I mean by saying that you have the right to decide is that it is your choice to pick whoever or whatever you tell your story to and wherever you go for those resources. Um, so if you decide to come to fire for support, that's awesome. And I love that. And I will be there for you. If you don't decide to come to fire, that's super fine and dandy. I just think it's really valuable that you get to choose where to go and that you know what resources are out there. So that's why we talked about them earlier and why they will be in the description. Um, and also recognize that there are a multitude of other ones online. And I know that that can be really exhausting to go through and try to find what resources there are. But there are a lot of online ones and a lot of hotlines that you can call. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, I also think that it's really valuable to mention and also incredibly difficult to hear that a person will only change if they want to. So let's say two people are in a romantic relationship and a pers- one of them is being unhealthy and potentially even abusive. The person experiencing harm can provide every resource in the world, but their partner will not stop exhibiting unhealthy behaviors until they realize that they are in the wrong for those behaviors. And so when you recognize that, which again, can be very difficult and doesn't always happen overnight, um, it can help um, alleviate the fear of leaving that person. So if it's an unhealthy friendship or relationship or whatever other form of connection with a person, it is okay to leave because you deserve to be in a self, a safe and a healthy relationship, whatever that means to you. And the last thing I want to say is just please don't think that you're alone. I think that a lot of times we make ourselves deal with things because we don't want to burden other people or we think that we're the only one experiencing it or we think that no one else will get it or whatever other thing. But I really, really encourage you to not be alone in a situation that is unhealthy or abusive, whether it's friendship, whether it's romantic relationship, whether it's roommates or work related or anything, please know that you can go to someone for support, whether it's counseling or whether it's online or whether it's a non um, unhealthy friend, I guess it would just be healthy friend. Um, (laughs) Please don't be alone in this because it can be way harder when you're alone. I think that's all. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, if you want to rehear those resources, again, they're at the beginning of this podcast. I'm also going to cut and paste them at the end of the second part of this um, podcast of the next episode. Um, and so if you're just listening straight through, you will hear them again at the end. Um, if if you want to jump back and you want to take a break, they'll be there for you then. And of course, they're always in the description. So um, we will talk with you in a little bit. <laughs> 